Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a comics and pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and the all-new, all-different Nick Protobapis. Hmm, Joe, have we really not done all-new, all-different as a... I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we haven't. I'm pretty sure we have. That's interesting. But you know what? It can be all-new and all-different again, in all-new and all-different ways. So that's fair. It'll be, it's another relaunch. It didn't work out last time. We, um, you know, we relaunched Nick after the multiverse was destroyed, but versus back and he's back and this time we just we had to relaunch again because you know he's crossing over with watchmen so we had to sure <laughs> i mean right yeah there's a there's like a new rorschach comic book out or something mm-hmm. i don't know i've yeah. seen it on the shelves yeah joe one day we'll have to read all that extra watchmen stuff <laughs> that's true i don't know if i'm looking forward to that i I'm kind of not looking forward to me that. too i'm also kind of not looking forward to it i feel so adamantly about that like that should be the only thing that i've just yeah because like other things i say that and like you know then you end up watching the thing anyways like you're like ah no more toy story for me you know and then you watch more toy story yeah so we've talked about the Watchmen tv show a, a bit before in this show and like I, I sorry no that's true um, I don't know. I like that show. I think it has like a rough ending, but like the first six episodes are really good. Yeah, I agree. You know what I keep thinking about every morning, almost every morning? What you got? I wake up in a daze and I'm like, remember Lube Man? And then I go back to sleep. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and I, just, I just wait for the universe to tie up Lube Man for me and what he did after he slid into that that gutter. Um, oh my god one Nick, day he will my day. i've been waiting for like a whole year for someone to remind me of lube man like i've had like lube man has just been lurking in the back of my brain yeah yeah no that makes sense you know because we talked about it once and mm-hmm. i was like what and then it was one of those things where like i realized that i had forgotten about it while watching the rest of the show <laughs> and so once something like that happens to me i usually am just like ah I'm going to forget that again. And then I keep thinking about how I'm going to forget it. And I never forget. Mm-hmm. Like Lube Man. Is that his name? That's, I think, his canonical name. <laughs> According to, like, those... Remember how there were, like, side documents they did after each episode? I do, yeah. That's why we know his name, right? Lube yeah, Man? Yeah, he's definitely Lube Man. Am I yeah. brave enough to look up Lube Man? Yes. I, I don't know if that'll give you great results. <laughs> I, it's, it's true. It's all true. Everything we've said. Um, all new, all different Lube Man. Where's that Watchmen yeah. comic? I don't, I don't know why. Look, you know, from uh, from what I've heard, you could say uh, things like "Whoa, <laughs> Lube Up," things like that. Nick, I think uh, you could say I think things like, "Can I borrow your Lube?" <laughs> Nick, we should uh, go to DC Comics and we should say, "Hey, can you let us write the Lube Man solo original series?" Mm, mm-hmm. It will be like those guys who like call businesses and be like, hey, um, you need a website. Let me make it for you. Except with Lube Man. Yeah, I don't think we should say anything else on the podcast, but we should definitely like develop this pitch. Um, I mean, I just came up with like three great catchphrases. Yeah, you did. Um, I, I'm sure we'll come up with so many more. Yeah. So. That, that's good. good. Good ideas. Yeah. All right. Cool, Joe. Did you uh, did you bring anything for me today, or or does courtesy make me go first? Uh, I've I've got something for you. I've okay. got something uh, pretty cool. 
Uh, I'm talking about uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, the new video game. Ah, finally. Someone can bless me by telling me all the cool things. I've been so avoiding what's like actually in that game. but mm-hmm. I'm not go. gonna spoil anything because I think that's part of the fun. But, spoil uh, just a little because I feel like there's a lot to spoil. Is that true? Okay. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's shorter than the first game, so I think there's like less to spoil hmm. uh, yeah it's um it's a sequel spin-off of the the ps4 spider-man game that came out a few years ago we all remember this one it was a big hit um this follows uh our friend miles morales uh over his christmas vacation as he defends his new neighborhood of harlem uh from villains like the tinkerer and the evil roxanne corporation um like i said it's a bit uh shorter than the previous game uh, but I, I I think that actually plays to the game's strengths and kind of makes the things that I didn't like about the first game a lot better. Because often, like, I don't know, you remember how in the first game there were, like, sections where you wouldn't play as Spider-Man and you were just, like, a person walk- walking around. A person such as Miles Morales, some may say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I do remember those. The sneaking, they were all sneaking. All the all mm-hmm. other characters just did sneaking. And yeah. it was rather boring. Yeah, so those don't exist in this game. Hooray. Um, also not existing are the the dumb, like, spectrograph puzzles. <laughs> oh, the science puzzles? The science? All the yeah. lives? Oh, I, hey, I like those. Oh, you like those? I was like, man, not only did I fight and, like, got my exercise in today, I'm also getting my science in, just in this video game. It was okay. great. You know, spectrographs, those are actually how they, like, figure out, like, what elements are um are like on other planets yeah man it's science it's a science yeah, video that's game. uh that's real science yeah it's real science man i was doing real science <laughs> <laughs> no those weren't the best either but they 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 split up the game a little bit i didn't mind them yeah i think those are there's still like walking around sections for the story but they're a lot shorter and i think they let you um kind of uh get into the world a bit more they're not just like conveying plot beats you kind of like Actually, one of the best things about this game is is you get to know like really well like the people who live on like the same street as Miles and like the people in his neighborhood. Um, there are a bunch of like little side quests. Like there were side quests in the first game, but these are a lot more sort of story involved and more in depth because they're about getting to know like people who live around Miles and sort of interact with his community. Um, and so that's really cool. Um, I, I I like I was saying earlier like the it being a shorter game, I think lets them tell sort of a, a, a tighter story. Like I felt a lot more involved with this game's narrative than I did with the previous one. Um, like, like one of the, the major issues um, in like Spider-Man adaptations is that everybody already sees the twist coming. Uh, like in the PS4 game, you know that Dr. Octopus is the villain um, because everybody knows who Dr. Octopus is. <laughs> in the movie last year, uh, you know that uh, Mysterio is the villain because everybody knows who Mysterio is, or at least like you know he's obviously a villain. Yeah, uh, and I think this game sort of avoids that issue pretty deftly. I think by by really reinventing a lot of the the major villains. Um, sort of, you know, I think I think you'd probably still be able to identify them when they come along, but they they kind of save the big reveals of like, oh, I'm the villain for like early in the game. Um, and and also like they 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 put miles in situations that the character has never been like in before um because like these aren't 
villains that he's like fought from the comics or like the the other movie um the, the, these are like new storylines which for me uh as someone who i think has consumed like every piece of miles morales media i've even read like the the ya novel um was really Whoa. cool <laughs> that's cool joe <laughs> no that's that's that sounds cool yeah how i mean how yeah. are you you know you're telling me a little bit about the story but tell me about the gaming tell me about my my exercise am i getting my exercise right in? um i think you're gonna get a lot of a lot of swinging um i think a lot of the, the sort of combat sequences are more dynamic this time okay that's good that's good is there still a lot of like power-ups uh yeah yeah i think it's sort of it's sized down a little bit but i think the the kind of the kind of stuff that you do with them is a bit more interesting. Uh, like miles, miles has more powers than Peter. Uh, so they do a lot of cool stuff with like his, his venom blasts and his camouflage nice. with the camouflage, especially. Uh, yeah. They, they took out the sneaking parts of the game with the kind of camouflage. Yeah. No, I um, liked the, I liked the fights in the first one. I, I, I mean, people didn't like them that much, but I liked because they get repetitive, but I liked a lot how you could combine different powers and how swinging played an aspect into, into the fights. It felt very dynamic in that way. So if that's carried over, I'm happy. Yeah, the fighting is, I think, only improved. Okay. Um, you liked it in the first game, you're going to like it here. Good. Um, I actually like the combat too. Probably not as much as you, because I do like find myself bored by it sometimes. Um, but I definitely like the way that um, sort of the swinging interacts with it and the way that you know, because it's very involved um, and it kind of encourages players to like experiment and like figure out what to do as Spider-Man, which is like always appreciated, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Uh, how are the graphics? Uh, they're good. Uh, I was playing the PS4 version uh, for, for uh, you know, lame people who don't own a PlayStation 5. <laughs> I hear they're really good on the PlayStation 5. Nice. Um, I... I to tell you the truth, man, I cannot tell you the difference. I've like seen comparisons, um, and there's like one obvious thing where like the PS5 has like real reflections on like Windows, mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I could like not tell you how the games look different on the yeah. different consoles. So you're promoting the game, but maybe not buying a PS5. Um, I think you should not spend <laughs> five hundred or six hundred dollars on PlayStation Five. <laughs> very nice, very nice. I have actually one more concern, just because. I got so excited by the first game when I was playing it. Um, oh, yeah. How big is the map? Is it bigger? Um, it's the same size. Ah, rats. Um, but but a, lot of really areas, me, huh? a lot of areas are redesigned and sort of made to be like more interesting, especially like Harlem, um, where you spend a lot of the game. Yeah. Um, and also like the the... You have different tasks from the first game, so you're not going to be like redoing anything from the first game. Cool. Or sorry, what, what's your what's your concern exactly about the map? I just wanted to cross those bridges out of Manhattan. Oh yeah, those are still inaccessible. <laughs> they they told me I couldn't, and that made me angry. Um, yeah, it makes me angry too. Actually, I, I, I it's so weird because like you know we all know Spider Man is from Queens. You can't go to Queens. Exactly. That's true. And the other thing, it's like, you can't even go like under the bridge a little. Like, that'd be fun, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you know the other thing? Like, you know, even in this game, Miles is originally from Brooklyn. You can't go to Brooklyn. That's, that's crazy, Joe. 
It's yeah. insanity. It makes sense though, because it's such a like, you know, you can cut it off so well as a map. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, I don't know. I think I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm hoping that uh, you know, whenever they make the next game, which I'm sure they're already working on, uh, that they sort of expand into other parts of New York. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm coming out on this podcast. I'm saying it. Uh, Spider-Man. Oh, you know what would be cool? Better than your stupid idea? What you, what you got? The Prison Island. Prison Island. Uh, you mean Rikers? Yes. Nick, I've got a story about this. Do you remember? Is it Prison Island? Is that not what it's senior, called? Probably? Senior year of, uh, of high school. Yeah. I came in the stats class, and I sat down next to you, and I said, Nick, you know what I learned today? Rikers Island is not a place they made up in Marvel Comics. Really? Yeah. What? That's a real prison island? <laughs> yeah, pretty That's sure. insane. Is that the city prison? Yeah. What? That's Wait, so good. I gotta I got double check this, so I'm not... Yeah, it's real. <laughs> That's crazy, because it's so, like, silly in my mind. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's well, so we silly. Th- you and I think of it as non-New Yorkers... Is the place where all the Spider-Man guns live. Yes, exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they can make that into the game. That would be fun if they made that into the game. Yeah, I mean, there's like a level in the first one where That's you That's what go, I was thinking, yeah. You, it's not like accessible from the main game. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, are you ready for my thing? Oh, I have one more thing for you. Oh, okay. Or like one more, one more thing about okay. this game. Uh, I said earlier, it's set during Christmas. Uh, you know how much I love wintertime stories. Because there's snow? Is that where you're yeah, alluding to? Snow. So yeah. there's snow? Yeah, there's so much snow. That's cool. Always? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I mean, you cool. can... That's cool. Once you beat the game, you can like change the, the time, but not the weather. The time? So like the day and the night? Yeah. So there's always snow. Yeah, there's always snow. So why'd you tell me that? That doesn't make sense. It's not a solution. I mean, I like the snow. <laughs> I know, I know, but I was I was accepting it, and you were like, no, 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 no. But the, at the end of the game, you can make a nighttime. <laughs> and I was like, is that, does that change the snow? <laughs> um, yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. <laughs> All right, Joe. Are you ready? You got me. Yeah, I'm Are so ready. Are you ready, Joe? Joe? Yeah, I'm ready. Are oh, you ready? Okay. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, long ago, well, actually not that long ago, the humans created Cylons, and then they evolved. Blah, blah, blah. They, they rebelled. Blah, blah, blah. They, they think and breathe just like us. Blah, blah, blah. Um, there are many copies, and they have a plan. That's the, that's the final part of the tagline in the intro. They have a plan. Um, I've been watching Battlestar Galactica. And it's fuck yeah. It's I mean it's that thing you've always heard about, but mm-hmm. no one's ever been like, hey, you should watch that. You were on you were on the edge of watching it, and now I'm pushing you over. Um, yeah, I finally decided to check it out. It's like a cool sci-fi show, you know. It's got a cult following, and it seems like you know good bingeable TV. Also, not too long, you know. It's like four seasons, so it's yeah pretty manageable. And I didn't have anything else to watch. Um, and it's like it's one of those shows that like at first hinges on like the the semi semi crappy aspect you know what i mean like it's it's just it's almost there at the cw level you know it's like mm-hmm. it's really it's begging to be on that level but it's a little bit above and it's got this other aspect that that makes it such a cool pitch uh, so on top of the sort of you know basic character drama 
you got the, you got this idea that it's the last of humanity because the, the show opens and the Cylons, who are like cyborgs, I keep calling them cyclones, and I get yelled at because they're called Cylons. Um, <laughs> so Cylons, basically, the show opens and the Cylons just wipe out humanity more or less, and then like uh, you know a handful of ships escape into hyperspace, and then they're on the run for the rest of the series as they look for for the mythical Earth. Um, oh boy! I know, I know. So like, you get this sort of like almost crappy TV, like you know, silly drama, like things you can see resolved ahead of time. But you have you know a really solid set of characters as far as those things go. You got the uh, the, the the rugged captain who was a, a day away from retirement, Captain Adama, and you got his son who's naive but you know stubborn and got good morals, and then the the cool lady who's cool and she got a short haircut, you know, stuff like that. Um, right. Yeah, <laughs> and then you got who's making out with who. There's lots of sex, so much sex. Um, and you got the best part. Some of the best characters, I think, the best characters, Doctor Doctor Balsar, who is the guy who accidentally leaked the defense system to the Cylons, Cylons, Cylons. Um, and he starts seeing like the woman he was seeing, who's an undercover Cylon, because they look like humans. Um, and he's like going crazy, and she's telling him what to do all the time. And it's that that part's wild. Anyways, there's like. There's like the character aspect, but on top of that, in the CW-esque way, there's sort of like continuous like mystery layered and layered. So there's, you know, mm-hmm. there's not only like, how do the Cylons work? Like, we don't know how they work at all. Like, what do they want? Stuff like that. Like, then there's also like, who is a Cylon? Like secret invasion kind of, you know, like who is posing as a Cylon? And then on top of that, you have religious prophecy, which is apparently real. And like God, there's this constant thing with like, is God real? Because like, it sort of seems like it sometimes. Um, no, no, not quite magic quite yet. Actually, I think I might have just gotten to some magic. It's sort of like visions that, you know, low magic, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all that all builds and is exciting. The characters drama is like, you know, it withers out. And it, like the quality varies, especially in the first season, you get a lot of filler episodes. Um, but the thing that makes the show sort of solid, solid and not like hinging on crappy is just the fact that there's so few humans left so that everything feels big. Like, they run out of water in one episode, and it's not just like, like oh, shit, like, like oh, my favorite characters are running out of water. It's like, no, like, humanity is running out of water. So everything automatically feels like a big deal. Like, any, any loss, like, any death, you, like, feel it, because the numbers, they keep counting the numbers of survivors, which is another cool aspect of the show. I looked on Wikipedia, and, like, the numbers of survivors is, like, next to every episode on the tab. Um, <laughs> so there's this constant tension and constant, like, like, even if you're not invested at the, to the current plot, like, you're so totally, absolutely invested in, like, what's going to happen to the human race? Um, and that makes it so engaging. Um, and it's just, like, a very good show. There's some bad things about it. Do you want to hear them now? Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I could go for some bad things. The bad things about the show is that it's honestly the worst camera work I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Joe, it looks, and this is not a joke, like The Office. They're constantly zooming in and out in drama scenes everything is like mm-hmm. behind something blurry and then they like constantly overexpose things the color scheme is so weird a lot of the sets and like costumes i don't love they're kind of doctor who-esque like the shittier version of that you know the shittier side yeah. of doctor who I- i've seen star trek i know <laughs> yeah there's just a lot of like that kind of aesthetic which and the, the just the camera works really bad um and sometimes mm-hmm. the acting is not fantastic um and sometimes characters do things and you're like wah 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 what like <laughs> like that's not great writing um, but overall, it's really solid, and I'm so, so excited to see where it goes. Because I'm only about a season and a half in or something, but I feel very strongly that it's top-tier show. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm in. I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. I think you know. Um, oh, let me let me push it even more over the edge for you. Sorry. Oh yeah. Uh, like I was looking for it. It's so hard. Like I kept looking up where do I watch this, right? Because I just wanted to, like, <laughs> and it's it's on Peacock, and like it's very unclear about that on the internet because maybe it just moved or something. But it's right. like a lot of times, like oh, it's on the Sci-Fi website, and I go, all right, okay. So I go to the Sci-Fi website, and it's like not there. And I'm like, I don't. Am I clicking something wrong? Because it's listed but not there. You dig? And it's it's on Peacock. So now you know. Now our viewers, right. know, our listeners, and Peacock is free, right? It's free. It's got ads, but it's a very reasonable number of ads, I might say. Okay. So yes, that. you should be watching. For... Yeah. I'm so excited. Every every day, I'm so excited to watch more episodes. It's good. It's kind of got that addicting sort of like Lost or one of those shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sold. I I am always in search of a of a new sci-fi show, and uh, also I've been like peripherally aware of Battlestar Galactica my whole life because uh, my dad watched a lot of it when I was a baby. Dude, everyone's dad. Yeah, everyone's dad. <laughs> everyone's dad has watched this. <laughs> I think just yours and mine. <laughs> nope. Also, you know, I've been asking everyone's dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we also are friends with people whose dads would definitely watch Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I think we should do some spot testing, man. You'll see. It's not just it's okay. not with your dad. Okay, we'll uh, we'll come back next episode and we'll have done a more comprehensive study. Dads unite. Or to our listeners. Yes. Okay. Shall we, Joe? Shall we? Move shall we do our main thing? Our main meal. Our main thing. Should we say something about Thanksgiving? Right. Should we say? Thanksgiving. Um, I'm thankful for you, Nick. I'm thankful for you, Joe. And now, and gonna, for our main event. And now we're gonna give our main event. We're gonna we're thankful and we're giving. Uh, yeah. Uh, so today, Nick, we're talking about uh, Vision by Tom King, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, Jordi Belair, and Clayton Cowles. Uh, This is a 12-issue miniseries from 2015, uh, published by Marvel. Um, It's about the Vision. Uh, You know him from those movies. Uh, He's a a synthesoid, um, and he moves to just outside of Washington, D.C., and he builds himself a robot family. Um, and this comic is about the, the various ways in which they do and do not adapt to a suburban nuclear family life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, right off the bat, that's like an awesome pitch. And like everyone, yeah. well, not everyone, but, you know, if you're into superhero type comics, like you've probably heard of this, you know, at some point. Um, it's pretty popular. And for me, like it was it was a big thing when it came out. Yeah. Uh, and for me, the, the the you know, the final final point of the pitch that sort of does it and sums it up also well. It's just the cover of the first issue. Like, just if you're sitting now, just go look up the cover of the first issue. And it's it's this book has great covers. Such good covers. And the logos. And it's, uh, like, that's like, Mike Del Mundo, I think, who does all of them. Oh, okay. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um well anyways, if you see that cover, it's just They're so like, good. <laughs> like a it's sort of like a classic family photo, like the four visions, like, you know, daughter, son, husband, wife, chilling in front of their house. Um, but obviously they're red and weird. Um, and that, that kind of says everything you need to know, at least at first. Yeah. Let me pull up some of the other covers just before we like dig into this. Sure, talk about other good covers. The, the other best cover is the one where he's chilling and everything's red and even the logo is like red and looks like colored pencil. 
and all the Scarlet Witches like around him kissing him and stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the Let other. Me, uh, my phone is loading, but it's coming soon. There's also one where the dog is catching Captain America's shield. That's a good. Oh, I love that one a lot. That's um, a good cover. Like, they're all so good. I like the one where Vision and Virginia are like kissing, and she's like phasing through him. Isn't there like a burning house in the background? In the background, remember? yeah. Um, there's the one where like the cop is like pushing Vision into the car. Yeah, the actually, I don't like that one so much. Oh, I think it's like a really good composition. Yeah, I, I just don't like that. Like, it's, it seems weird that the cop looks kind of caricaturish. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. yeah right. Anyways, the covers are really good. Just as yeah. a start, I the, guess the second the start. second issue is like just their mailbox. Uh, Still good. The trash can one is good too. There's so, sorry. We should we should stop this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just mentioned like probably seven out of twelve covers just there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think we talked about every cover except for like all the covers that have spoilers on them. Yes, that's fair. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, uh, after the cover, you turn to the the forwarding page, which is also amazing. Joe, do you want to talk about how amazing the forwarding pages are? Oh boy, let me um. What are you talking about? Let me pull those up on my phone. Says Joe. Okay. Um, no, yeah, the art on the inside is not the same as the covers. That's what I'll say. I. I think the art's all right. I think it gets gets what it needs to do done. I'm not the hugest fan, but I think there's some good texture sometimes. And very, very beautiful imagery. Like, the idea of the image is very good. Uh, always, always, always. Um, okay, that's that's interesting, because, like, the art is probably my favorite thing about this book. Yeah, I'm not against it. I, I just don't think it's, like, my thing, really. Um, I don't know, like, the amount of lines, I guess. Like, the scratchiness, which is, like, how I draw, so I don't know why I'm whining, but, like... <laughs> Um, just wasn't like my favorite. I don't think it like fit the, you know, the kind of clear like perfection of the visions. If that makes sense, you know, like they're, you know, I don't know. I th- I think that like you know the best thing the art does is sort of sell atmosphere, especially with um the colors. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the idea of every image is very good. Like the composition, like the colors going on, like y- you know, you know what I mean. Like it's all there. Mm-hmm. And if you like the art, it's definitely all there. I just, for me, I'm just being a whiny baby. Okay. <laughs> like everything is done at a very mass, like it's very good. Like everything, mm-hmm. they couldn't have done anything better. Um, basically. Yeah, it's um, it's a superhero comic and this is like really rare, but it has a, such a considered aesthetic. Um, like, did you notice this? There was like basically one full page spread per issue. Um, mm-hmm. And it's- always sort of an interesting like moment from the visions lives and sometimes it's not a dramatic one but like in the second issue it's like uh, virginia like flying over the town no yeah you're right i mean i think this this comic is like you know different from a lot of superhero comics and you know you can see that already in that it's a mini series and it's about visions family like it's it's really something else like it doesn't it doesn't have to do with heroes and villains as much as it does sort of like an inspection of the nuclear family in the suburbs um yeah and it's using you know the visions and how strange they are as a vessel for like telling or inspecting that more than anything else like sort of just like hey what's that like like why you know because they're so strange and you know vision is obsessed with like becoming normal like achieving normalcy like Mm -hmm. you sort of get to question some of the things about it basically yeah do you want to do you want to hear like my take on that or at least like some sort of real life stuff 
I'm sure that you have a really good one. So yes. Okay. So my theory is, um, so Tom King, the writer of this book, um, the vision was one of his first like comic jobs after he stopped working for the CIA. Hmm. Um, and uh, it was like several years later. Um, and I think this book is like in, in some part, uh, like a lot of his comics, um, you read Mr. Miracle, right? Of course. Yeah, that was also by him. And I think it's a lot more obvious there where it's like him kind of reflecting on like what war is like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like to be deployed. Um, uh, but I, I, I think this book, um, like many of his, is, is um, basically him kind of wrestling with like the morality of that job and like what it means to like after you've been in such a different circumstance, like return to like a, a, a quote unquote normal life. Um, and, and so I think that's, I, I, like, obviously sort of, I'm not, I'm not a vision expert, but I think, I think it's like fair to say that a lot of his storylines have focused on that struggle with normalcy. Yeah. At least that's, that's my read. Hey, I'm glad you, I'm glad you pointed that out. (laughs) Just because like a, a lot of the things in this book, like, you know, look back on vision superhero, like adventures or like even the current ones. And there's sort of that moment where he's remembering like the 37 most important things in his life or something. And they're all like, yeah, the 37 times he saved the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you know, it's interesting because you can sort of, you feel that like all the crazy, like comic booky things that happen to him are like, like they're presented in a very serious light. Like, even though like the writing on them is probably kind of ridiculous. Like I obviously don't know a lot, you know, um, like this, there's one, something I don't know anything about. And in a flashback where he's turned white and he's like, ah, I'm a new conscious now. I'm not the old vision. Like, um, and that just to me seems like a very silly superhero type thing, but in, in the way it's presented in this book is kind of like, you know, a very serious drama. Like it's, it's, it's totally crazy. Like the crazy world they live in, like suddenly like the fact that there's like constant war in this world and there's constant like magic and superpowers, like becomes something that directly affects his family and is like, you know, basically like a violent shock almost at all times. And even in the past, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think they do such a good job of like, especially because this is supposed to be a a more um, like distant version of vision. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I remember reading sort of a a, a lead in comic to this. It was like an Avengers one shot. Um, And so sort of one of the setups for this was that vision had disassociated his emotions from all of his memories so he like remembered everything, but this is him like attempting to have a, a, a clean slate. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move on to anything else is like you, you mm-hmm. said that about the CIA, and I was like, oh, interesting, because there's like I I think at least you know in one moment in this book, like the visions are treated differently because of you know how they are, right? Like they're a different, you know, I don't know, you yeah, know, whatever. Like you know, and, and so obviously you kind of automatically get that that metaphor of like oh, it's like, it's like race or class or, you know, something like whatever you're going to, I don't know exactly, but there's, there's obviously that one yeah, monologue. I mean, they, they explicitly make like, you know, race mentions multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking there was one opening. I don't remember which issue of course, but where the sort of the text, uh, you know, the boxes are overlaying the images are, are some, I don't know, poem or reading. What was it about, about being Jewish, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause um. Vision's son, uh, Vin, he's, like, obsessed with Shakespeare. And, like, right. one of the uh, passages that he's, like, reading over and over and over again is about that. Yeah, and there's all these moments in the book where, 
you know, the, the kids will, the kids who are, you know, the same as, like, you know, they're, they're androids and stuff, synth, synth droids, they're Cylons. Um, but <laughs> they, like, question themselves and question if their normalcy and stuff like that. They're like, what does he say? There's one, my favorite moment is the Vision's not home and the, the daughter runs off and, you know, the mother's a little upset by this. And then Vin, is his name Vin? Yeah. Is Vin is like, if you prick me, do I bleed? And that's like his like little question for the day for his mom. And it's like mm-hmm. like weird moments like that, you know, and you really it really hits home. He should, he's just like standing there. <laughs> yeah. It really hits home how different they are. And like not just like the things that happen to them, but like the way they act. Um, yeah. And I'm sort of I'm I'm interested in, you know, by the end of this, not all of them are still around, but but of the new characters introduced, we we've got we've got Viv and you know, their dog, Sparky. Mm. Um, and I'm I, I'm sort of interested in that because I think Viv is, like, maybe the most human of, of the visions in this. Okay. Or at least what stands out to me. Maybe some of this is that, like, I, there are other comics with Viv in them that I'm, like, projecting that onto this hmm. retroactively. But, um... She's in uh, that Avengers, mini Avengers book you like, right? The Little Avengers? Yeah, she's in Champions. Yeah, sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the little Avengers. That's I'm sure that's offensive. How rude. Someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, she's got like that scene where um, she's talking to to that boy she likes, and there's narration that says basically, um, y- you know, that she would spend many many days, even though she told no one about it, like like uh, repeating this conversation mm-hmm. in her mind. Yeah, this um, I think we should struck me as like such a human teenager thing to do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of like I, I think we should mention just because like it's hard to get across just us, but like in the script, like everything there's a lot of things that are like almost normal, like that. Like she's thinking about a boy a lot, right? Like okay, but the mm-hmm. way they phrase it and the way they talk about it is sort of like she's replaying a recording of a memory because it gives her pleasure, right? Like there's always these weird yeah. wordings and that makes it really fun, I think, just to inspect normal moments. And one thing that comes mm-hmm. to mind is like right at the beginning and it happens a couple times like when a new character arrives at their door the you know the narration is behold like um oh yeah within this person there's like funny little phrasings like that that like make the visions feel you know more robotic and and it's 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 interesting it makes them very sort of funny like almost like mm-hmm. a situational comedy funny you know like oh they don't understand like they're not exactly human so that's I think yeah that's which great. is which is definitely intentional given like the, the oh sure yeah, yeah no i think it's a great job that's like one yeah. of my favorite things about the book. Cause like, I feel like you could do anything boring with them. Like there's a conversation at the beginning where the husband and you know, vision and his wife are talking about whether they should call the new neighbors they met nice or kind. Uh, and they sort yeah. of just like have a very intelligent, like robotic argument about it. And it's, it's so entertaining, like just because of the, the, you know, the way they have this conversation. Mm-hmm. One of, one of my favorite jokes in the book, and, and I, I think I don't find it, like, quite as funny as you do, but I do think there are a lot of, like, great moments. Um, there's one where, like, uh, Virginia's doing something, and we cut to a full splash page of Vision doing something with the Avengers, fighting a giant monster. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on the phone, and he says, no, no, wife, I, I am listening. It is just that I am also fighting Giganto. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. Like, it's like... It's it's just like the opposite situation that you would expect that sort of attitude in at all times, like very emotional situations, but dealt with in a very robotic way. Um, yeah, which I think is cool. I, this one's not funny, but it, it struck me because it happens twice, and where the the wife is sort of at home a lot, and it's like, oh, uh, you know, at home, Virginia would re- replay a lot of her, you know, implanted memories, 
and she was surprised about how much of it made her cry like that's yeah. such a like that for me was like whoa like that's i like that and it came back later in a very interesting way oh. yeah do you want to i mean let's get more into spoilers i guess um so so by like sort of act two of the book starting in issue seven uh like we we have a whole issue dedicated to like vision's history with the scarlet witch who was his previous wife um and, and sort of just going through like th- this this just obviously a lot of like real things that happened in continuity but just with this very tragic lens like bookended by by these two sort of uh uh post sex scenes mm-hmm. uh, and what we find out is that vision has um sort of given uh uh scarlet which is like like uh i guess her memories um to to virginia like that's that's how he built her right right because you you sort of get a lot of these flashbacks there there is an implication of that earlier but you get that whole issue of flashbacks where you sort of uh you get a you get to see the important moments in, in vision and wanda's relationship and then uh, maybe an issue later um the wife is that's the moment i was talking about is recalling memories um and she sort of recalls these things that are vaguely like they're sort of vague when she describes them but you understand that those are the same ones you just saw in the flashback issue. And you're like, Oh, like she, she has, you know, she has those memories, but maybe they're not as detailed or as strong. She doesn't seem to know exactly, you know, is that true? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, it seems that. No, I, like, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like she, she might know the joke or, you know, remember the feeling and like the object, but like doesn't know the whole story. Maybe. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I, you know, one thing they didn't talk about a lot is how maybe she felt about that. Um, mm-hmm. she never seemed to be upset about it too much, but it's, it's one of those things where it's interesting I, to, to, you know, with, with Virginia, they do a lot of like sort of quiet conveying of, of what she's going through because she That's has that, that motif where, um, at some point in the book, she starts just, I guess, stuttering or repeating words. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know, I'm wrong. There was that thing with the plant that she knows used to belong to vision when he was married to, to the witch. Um, yeah where she like it becomes silent like you're right there i think it's all probably there if you reread it um if i reread it dummy um, yeah I, th- I think these are characters that are sort of understated but have a lot of depth yeah you, you get a lot of you know you get a lot of focus on each each member of the household and some of the things going on are a little predictable but it's also just kind of like relevant like i was saying like the mom staying at home all day and like you know like having having this deep sadness and like only like tiny moments of satisfaction only when she's like with her family you know and um like the vision like chasing something that only existed when he was younger and he's sort of dissatisfied um you know that's like a classic dad and like the kids are like trying to explore things but they're dealing with their anger and their their romance and they're not sure how they belong like it's all very usual stuff but because it's in such an interesting situation with such you know you know different characters um, it becomes interesting again, and it becomes a, a you know an interesting uh, exploration of like how those things function in real life. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, something that um, I guess we we've somehow avoided talking about uh, is there's so much like death and murder in this book. Oh yeah, yeah, there is. Um, um, which I I think puts everything else in in a <laughs> you know it, it would maybe make what we've been saying make more sense. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the first issue, um, sort of a, a supervillain breaks into their house and attempts to to kill the visions, um, and, and instead Virginia kills him. Um, yeah, I mean, sort of. 
there's stuff like that, like villain stuff that sort of seeps into the home life, like work stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I guess that keeps it more interesting in an action sense, but, and, and the stakes, obviously. But for me, it wasn't, wasn't necessarily the most interesting part of the book. Um, mm -hmm. Like, it, I like the parts that were different from most superhero comics. And obviously it is different, but like you know, the covering the murder and the, the oh the spying from the avengers like that stuff to me was just less interesting i would say it's probably one of my not so favorite parts of the book even though it definitely worked okay i think i i think i just like i don't really detach it from like the rest of the book in that sense like it just works for me as like well it drives like conflict that's true you know? that i agree you know i it's it sort of it becomes the thing that that um, you know makes the the characters chafe more and more against normalcy. Is that they they have like this this uh, violent drive, um, and I think that's like probably the thing that like connects most to like the CIA stuff I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just like it's this this quote unquote normal life, but it's like haunted by violence so much. That's yeah, that's a good point. Um, especially, I mean, the big moment that you're probably also thinking of um, is when Virginia just like kills the dog and you're like, what is going on? Um, yeah. And it's and like, then they use the dog's brain to make a new dog. <laughs> but for them. <laughs> oh no, no, no. The dog, the, the second killing of the dog. Sorry. Second dog killing. Um, <laughs> Not the first dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoilers? <laughs> yeah, obviously this book is kind of violent. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, like, like when the characters get angry, they obviously have super strength in some regard and, like, smash the table. And um, There's so much table smashing. So much. Um, it's it's, it's like a recurring fun. motif. Super funny. Um, yeah. It's good. It's a good. It's a really good book. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It kind of it kind of goes, and then there's sort of this tragedy that envelops from all the the raising rising stakes we were talking about, like the violence, obviously, and the supervillain and the not fitting in. Like that all kind of accumulates into a big fight with what would be heroes in a different series, like uh, yeah. Spider Man's your favorite Spider Man's. I don't think Spider-Man's there. Is he? He is. Okay, I didn't spot him in like the... Not really only, only Spider-Man there. Miles Morales is there too, who's also Spider-Man. They're both there. Ms. Marvel's definitely there. Huh? Ms. Marvel's definitely there. Yeah, but I'm telling you that both Spider-Mans are there. Do you believe me? Okay. <laughs> I believe you. Okay, you should. A lot of people are there. Because basically what happened mm -hmm. is... Um, uh, well, Victor should... Well, we, maybe we should talk about Victor first. Yeah, our, yeah, I was surprised friend? you didn't bring him up. <laughs> I forgot about him. Um, it's funny because um, I saw his arm and I was like, wait a moment, that looks like Victor's arm. <laughs> Which is such a nice thing to have in a, you know, shared universe stuff where, like, I see, like, a plaid red shirt and an arm. And I'm like, that's probably Victor. Um, like, even before I read anything, uh, that was cool. Yeah. Or, what's that, issue seven? Like, the second part. Uh that's, I think, eight and nine, probably. Yeah. Anyways, Victor shows up. Victor from Runaways, our, our, our favorite runaway. Everybody's yeah. favorite runaway Victor. Um, son of Ultron comes and he's like, he's Uncle Victor. And that, that was fun. Yeah. 
Um, he's so great in this, and he's so sweet, and of course he dies. Sorry? Well, he's so great in this, and he's so sweet, and of course he dies. Yeah, he's so great and sweet, and he comes, and he's like, Uncle Victor, and you're like, wow, like it's Victor from that other thing. Like He's so nice and cool. Um, and then like it's revealed, which actually genuinely shocked me, probably because I only because I read Runaways. Um, but like he's he's the villain in this situation. He's spying for the Avengers because they don't fully mm-hmm. trust Vision. Um, that's another thing I, I thought. Let me say that real quick. I, that's another thing I thought came across really well is that like even colleagues of the Vision, like Iron Man, like clearly distrusts him and like clearly is 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 it treats him a little different than everyone else. Even in scenes where he's sort of helping him out. Uh, I think that came yeah. out really, really well all the time. And I, I really felt those moments because it's like, it's the hero of another book, you know, it's like, Oh, it's Iron Man. Like it's weird that Iron Man thinks of this, this hero, my hero, right. Because I'm reading the book like differently. That's, that's an odd circumstance and it's slightly uncomfortable for me, the reader, but I, that's mm-hmm. what makes it come across really well. Um, yeah. So we're, we're talking a lot about sort of the, the book's interactions with like the broader kind of Marvel continuity. And I think that's something that the book like largely handles like really well, actually, is sort of having that be there and like the book is very much ingrained in like that universe. But I think it's still very accessible, um, which is like in part due to like the, the the narration, which I think allows them to like get away with kind of explaining how things are in a in yeah. a more direct sense while still be like while still being like entertaining for the reader. I mean, I. I definitely didn't know a lot about, you know, Vision turning white, whatever that was, or like any of the big fights he was talking about, really, um, mm-hmm. or the like uploading of some guy's conscience, blah blah blah. But like, I got it. I got it. Yeah, I, got it all yeah. I think out. I knew, I knew a bit more about that you stuff. Know, like, just because they like explain it very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely so- accessible. That's you shouldn't be scared yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, and I th- I think it's I mean it's ex- it's accessible to the point where they can have two issues focused on pretty much entirely a, a, a side character from a not very popular book, um, and you can totally get it. Yeah, but it's Victor, man. He's the bad guy. So sad. Um, yeah, that's so sad. Is that I don't know. <laughs> it it makes sense as like you know why he would do it as a character and like the Avengers being distrustful so i like the way that built really really well um yeah there's um oh go ahead there's some stuff in there with him like being addicted i guess to vibranium um which i don't i don't know how to feel about yeah i don't know man like a weird swerve um but it's also like one that only affects me like if i'm looking at this book from outside the context of this book Yeah, Joe, you're cutting out a little. Oh. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird swerve, but it's like one that only affects me if I look at the book outside the context of the book. That's true. That's true. It works well with him. Um, I don't know. We'll see if they pick up on that in Runaways. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think their option was the option they took was mostly to ignore it because we just have, uh, you know, Victor. He comes back to life. <laughs> yeah. But you know they they do tend to pick up on little things from other series and runaways. But yeah, that's true. They did do a lot with like Nico and her arm. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyways, it accumulates to this big fight, and it's all all because Vision really wants to kill Victor. Um, and that's 
kind of cool because I get both sides of the fight really well. And yeah. it's like a good internal conflict within the universe. And I feel for everyone, especially for Victor. I especially feel for Victor. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like also I feel for Vision because Victor, you know, did that bad thing. Um, it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Something that like stands out to me about this book is just like kind of how ballsy it was. And like, I assume took a lot of work to like convince the higher ups at Marvel to like do such a, a weird series with vision where like he tries to kill a teenager. <laughs> yeah. But I think it all comes together really well. The stakes feel high and it sort of concludes in this like, you know, melancholy way. Like it's, it's mainly yeah. sad. Um, but it, it's like vision keeps living in the suburbs. It's not like there's a big change, you know, um, he keeps trying to achieve being normal. Like he's still trying. It hasn't changed him in that way. Um, yeah. Like one, one of the, one of sort of the, the repeated things in the book is like the, the, uh, the row, row, row your boat song. Uh, <laughs> uh, read it. You know, it's a good book. You should read it. Um, and uh, the row, row, row your boat song. Yeah. That's the classic. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's called and, uh, it you know at the, at the end the title that many times it is that's so silly <laughs> it could just be called row your boat I, you know. <laughs> okay anyway so so at the end we see you know viv is going off of school they they've they've revived the robot dog or like i, I guess the scarlet witch has made them uh, a new one if i remember correctly it's revived um, yeah um and uh uh you know uh viv goes off to school um, she flies off to school, notably. And then, um, and then Vision is at home alone and he sings Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Yeah, while well, building a new robot. <laughs> robot. Row, Row, Robot. Row, Row, Row Your yeah, Robot. Yeah. Well, a synthesoid. Yes, sorry. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I, it, it's, such a, it's such a striking visual just because, like, like you said earlier, he, he's still, like, trying to uh, achieve normalcy in, like, this world that... that you know, I think it's apparent to the reader will probably never accept him. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's going to be tragedy after tragedy, right? Because, I mean, nothing has changed. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an interesting, I think that's a very interesting look sort of at the life he's chosen, right? Suburban life. Um, and just how, like, even though he's dissatisfied and clearly dissatisfied through the book, and even though, like, things keep going wrong, he doesn't make a change. Or maybe he can't make a change because of, you know, his children, let's say. Uh, I'm not sure, but I mean, I think it, it's sort of it's it's showing us a cyclical, you know, lifestyle, lifestyle of yeah. tragedy and dissatisfaction. I said that about a million times. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I like this book a lot. I think it's <laughs> I think it's like one of the best superhero comics that's like come out in the last five years. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. it's really um, good. Everyone should read it. Well, not everyone. People should. Be. Yeah, I, I think they already are. I think um, you know, really, my main complaint is just like, you know, not even not even due to the book's quality, but just, um, I I, I think it is like less novel now. It's like less new to have sort of this kind of, oh, it's a superhero book, but it's secretly like a a, a quote unquote graphic novel. Hmm. <laughs> you know, okay. I I feel like these sort of prestige projects are a lot more common now. Which is, you know, a good thing. That's a good thing, yeah. I yeah. am not going to comment on your comment. I do have one problem with this book, and I think I had it in a problem the first time I read it and we talked about it, um, but I had it again. 
And that, okay. <laughs> that's that the guy's, the, the neighbor's wife, George, who comes in the beginning of the book and they bring cookies. His wife, his name, her name is Nora. And later they call her Martha, like twice. Um, really? Her name is Nora. And then they change it back to Nora. And I, I don't know <laughs> why I always noticed this, but I noticed it. And I, my only guess is that like, it was originally Martha or something and like it didn't fit in the speech bubble. So they, they made it Nora to make the, the speech bubble more symmetrical or something. I don't know. It's Holy very shit. confusing. It's you should go check. Cause, cause at one point, uh, Virginia says, Oh, George of George and Martha. And I said, who is Martha? And I looked back and her, her name's definitely Nora. Wow. I did not notice that. You're yeah. right. It's definitely Nora. <laughs> also, did they say they were going to die in the beginning of this series? They said that they would die in a fire. And Didn't it say think, that? Didn't it say it's going to be a fire? Well, because uh, Vin has a laser blast um, that sets their house on fire. Oh, okay. That's and true. we don't see them after that. Oh, so. so they're dead. Very yeah. sad. Very sad. Okay, well, rest in peace, George and Martha and Nora. Um, <laughs> better luck next time. Um, Vision is great. I can't wait to yep. look at the covers more forever. Yeah, and just, just think about the series. <laughs> yes. My main complaint is that I wish there was more of it. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. But I think it's like not in an actual way, but in the way that like, you know, I just read a great book and I want there to be more of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think we agree. Do you wanna do you wanna make special time? Do you... Let's do it. Okay. Nick, welcome back to, uh, you know, what you just called special time. <laughs> Every week, Joe and I get a little special time in, uh, and you yeah, guys get um, to listen. It's, it's uh, this thing we do every week, which is, of course, talk about the Adventure Time special Obsidian. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the second of uh, their Distant Lands HBO Max uh, special time. And uh, it's this one's about uh, Bonabella and Marcebelle, Marceline. Um, and how how they're doing? Because last time we got a BMO surprise prequel, which I just learned, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, this, it's another forty five minute or whatever, so longer than usual Adventure Time, and it's kind of a mini mini movie. Um, yeah, what's going on in this one, Joe? Uh, yeah, so long ago, uh, our friend Marceline the Vampire Queen uh, saved the Glass Kingdom, uh, which is a a distant land, as referred to in the the title of these specials. Um, and she did so by playing a song that, uh, you know, put sealed this lava monster named Larvo in a cave. Um, Larvo has escaped the Glass Kingdom, uh, you know, has has a little boy named Glassboy. He, he goes to tell Marceline that they should stop the monster. Princess Bubble come, comes with, uh, you know, and, and they talk about the relationship a lot. Um, and there's character development. Um, and songs yeah i mean i'm gonna try to be more brief about my opinions on this one i could probably talk for as long as we just did about vision or anything else but yeah um, me too you know it's it's classic adventure time you get basically the focus is first you know bubble boy or whatever but glass boy and he introduces the conflict within 10 minutes and it's you know the glass kingdom needs help marceline again and then uh you know the two the two the couple the marceline and the, the bubble um who are now a couple and we get to <laughs> We get to see a little more of that after the show, which is nice just because it like ended on the kiss, but like it's always nice to get a little bit more on stuff like that and see how it's like, not just like that they care, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
And so you get to see they're, you know, they're just cute. They're cute, whatever, but they're definitely yeah. themselves. And, uh, they have a little, little conflict because, uh, Bubblegum is like, she wants to like prove that she's as good and wants to be as respected in the glass kingdom. And Marceline is like her brutish self and like storms off. So it's nice to see that like, they're not treated as a perfect couple, which happens a lot with these sort of, you know, y- you know what I'm saying anyways. Um, yeah, I guess you're and they, you know, they have to be the glass thing. But the, the best thing about this, at least for me, sorry if I'm talking too much, I'll let you after this, but is the, is the flashbacks. And we get these explanations of things I forgot we didn't have. Like we've seen Marceline's mom, but now we, now we get the complete story for like why her mom goes away and like how that affects, you know, Marceline in general. And if that's, I thought that was great. I thought that was really great. And like an important missing piece without filling everything in too much. Cause Adventure Time honestly never fills anything in too much. So um, not a problem. And then another thing is we sort of get not the whole thing, but we get the you know we get the idea for how the the two were together in the first place. That's Marcy and and, and PB. Um, but you also get the breakup, which was related to the Glass Kingdom in the first place. And the song that Marceline uses was their breakup song. Sorry, talk so much. Go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I mean I I agree with all that. I think this I think both of these specials, this one more so. Um, uh, I think in part because it's more competently made uh, than BMO was. Uh, they, they're really like treats for for people who are continuity dorks about Adventure Time. Um, you know, I love seeing all the the little moments referenced. Um, there's a big one right at the end uh, that like people who watched uh, the the Door Lord episode will recognize. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this. Uh, Wait, what this was, was that? Like- was the Door Lord episode? Um, that's the one where they they sing the songs. Don't I don't know. Door. I know the episode, but what's the thing? Uh, PB has a sweater that. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's so much here that like it's like it it's almost like wow. Like, do we really finish Adventure Time without answering these things? Like, this seems important. Um, mm-hmm. So that was such a cool feeling to just like get something more, but also important. Yeah, I'm. Um... I'm a big fan of this one. I, I I think it sort of has the reverse thing with uh, with the BMO special, where with that one, the more I thought about it, the more I the more I disliked it. Um, you know, no, no disrespect to the people who make Adventure Time. I think they're very skilled, but I think that one. Um, too much BMO. We've talked about this. Right? Too much BMO. Yeah, too much BMO. BMO is not like an interesting enough character to to hold an entire episode. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't think the new characters they introduce are particularly interesting. Um, it's it's beautiful. Both of these specials are really pretty. Um, way prettier than the show ever was, even at its best. Um, yeah. You know, they, they have more um, kind of consistent designs, um, but that also allows them to be a lot more detailed because they obviously had a much higher budget. Mm-hmm. Um, my main complaint about this one, actually, Probably. is just like kingdom is not a, a visually interesting place to look at that's true also glass boy is stupid and i hate him yeah uh glass boy sucks um i have a theory about this actually um i think that that glass boy and his sort of superficial nature like we're supposed to view him as as kind of how like marceline comes to view herself in the past hmm. um, you know because you've got that scene where, where where he says oh i'm not sad i'm punk rock and it, hmm. it's supposed to be like, I guess the feeling that conveys is secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. Um, and so I like that, but I also think that they could have done it without making a character that was actively like 
bad to watch. Yeah, I mean, once the thing kicks in, really, he's not that bad because he's kind of a background. But anyways. Yeah. I do like the opening sequence where they've kind of got like this, this uh, uh, you know, garbage rock song playing over. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's good. From the castle. I think that I think that we should be done, but I think that it's funny. I think that it's it looks great. I think it has great songs. I think it has cute moments. I think it has great Easter eggs. I think it's 100 percent worth your time. And it fills in important like lore stuff that we didn't have before. Go yeah. watch. Go watch if you've watched Adventure Time. Go watch. Uh, we're, we've been excessively positive about everything we've talked about today. I know it's it's a magical. Like it's first. Once every thousand years, the the solar system aligns, and we only enjoy ourselves. That's true. I had a great time here today, Nick. Do you have a wise quote? For us I today? I do. This one's from Battlestar Galactica, and it's from our friend <laughs> General Adama, the wisest the wisest man who has ever staged a coup in season two, and you you somehow <laughs> don't like him as much anymore. Uh, the 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 best character to ever uh, declare martial law, and you still love him. Uh, here's a quote from oh him. Boy. Are you <laughs> are you ready? I'm so ready, Nick. Never lend books. Yep. So thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a comics and pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Fred Apopis. Uh You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. Uh, where you can send us letters or tell us about books you want covered on the show. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Joby underscore draws. Uh, you can read my webcomic Aeronaut at jobydraws.com. But I've actually got a book out this week, volume two of Aeronaut. Um, on right. sale That's my at chair. my Gumroad page. I'm shipping anywhere in the U.S. Um, and if you're local to Boston, uh, they've got, I think, still have copies at um, Kamikaze in Somerville, Massachusetts. Um so do that buy my book um as always nick has nothing to promote except for wisdom uh we'll be back next week in the meantime you can rate and review us on itunes it would help us out stay safe and see you next time